Really, we are your work bestie that helps you make more impact in the lives of your learners while also keeping focus that you do your best work while you're leading a balance to life. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. I'm Emily Coleman. This fall, Cassie Maloney was gracious enough to have me on her podcast, and I'm excited to return the favor. In the world of orientation and mobility, she's become a bit of a force. She's ready to share the plethora of resources she has brought to the field and why she's so passionate about the work. Hi, I'm Cassie. I'm an orientation and mobility specialist, and I have been for 15 years. I graduated from the Florida State University with my master's in VI, but dove straight into O&M in and of itself and never transferred my certification. And right now I'm a contract O&M specialist and I work with different charter schools all around the area where I live. And now why did you, I'm always curious when folks do their, uh, their VI certification and then they find O&M and that's all they want to do anymore. Like, what is it that you love so much about O&M? Well, let's be very honest. I got a job and that job description was just O&M. And then moving to the, to Texas to move my certification was not easy. And that Texas education agency ended up or association ended up telling me I basically needed another master's degree to transfer my master's degree. And I was like, I, I'm not going to do that right now. Mm-mm. No, thank you. And then I was just in my job and I loved it so much that I didn't keep my certification because I wasn't doing the hours. I wasn't doing the work. And so now if I'm being a hundred percent honest, I wouldn't even necessarily know where to start besides going back to the, um, to TEA and asking, what do I need to do? <laughs> so yeah, it really is just, that's where life took me. And I'm not complaining because I love it so much. Now you also have your own company, which is called Allied Independence. Um, so why don't you share more about that? So Allied Independence is a professional development organization for orientation and mobility specialists, as well as TBIs. Really, we are your work bestie that helps you make more impact in the lives of your learners while also keeping focus that you do your best work while you're leading a balance to life. I suffered a lot from burnout throughout the years and realized that my teaching suffered when I was burnt out. Like I couldn't give more to teaching. What I had to do was create some boundaries and get better systems in place and also continue going to those professional development opportunities that would help me reach my students in the way that they needed to learn. And we have a lesson plan membership right now, as well as the O&M Symposium that happens every January. And we have a few new ideas coming up this year that I can't really share about just yet. Um, We're going to touch base with our community first, as always, and hopefully I'll be able to let the public know when those things pop up. Now, what does a what does a lesson plan membership look like? We have lesson plans that are written, and they're written in, in a way that they can be individualized. The aim is for the, the lesson plan to be individualized within five minutes or so. But then we also have different either worksheets or videos or something 
that's digital that can be printed out that can accompany the lesson plans. So really what we're aiming to do with just the lesson plans themselves are to give our teachers inspiration or how do I teach, you know, like monocular skills. We're taught a little bit about how to teach monocular skills, but sometimes it really helps to have a full rundown. Step one, step two, step three, and then check for understanding here and things of that nature. So that really helps them. And we also offer workshops every month that have CEUs with them. That really helps for recertification time. Either you're coming in to take the workshop on the day of, or you can watch it later at your own time. Now, do you create all the lesson plans or do you have help? Do others contribute as well? Luckily, when I was creating it, it was during the time of COVID. So everything was digital and everybody was digital. Now that we've all moved back into the schools, I write some of them, but we have other contributors who have better experiences or different experiences than I do, and they have different expertise. So mm-hmm. now we also have TVIs who come in and help us, um, you know, like, how do I take this math concept and move it into Nemeth? Or, you know, how do I teach these shapes concepts or um, other areas of the ECC, like social emotional, they're really focused in on that. And then we have some teachers who contract with us as contributors, and they provide O&M lesson plans. Now, you mentioned the workshops have CEUs. Do you also offer ACVREP credits then? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I know I, I'm not a comms myself or an O&M, and so I imagine I just hear all the time people are always looking for ACVREP credits, so that's probably pretty <laughs> huge. Yes, and it's really nice to be able to offer them when people need them as well because they can't always take time off work, mm-hmm. and I can structure my day. So, like, last night at the time of this recording, we had a workshop where we got together and we created our own our data forms digitally. A lot of people are moving from paper to digital. And so they sat with me and we worked out the kinks of all their forms and what they're allowed to use and what they're not allowed to use. But I can do that at 6.30 or 7.30 at night when they can be there. Mm-hmm. And that that seems to really help. And to also be able to touch base with your friends. For contract staff, we're really just out in the middle of nowhere. There's nobody that even understands what we do. There's really nobody to touch base with. And to have that community to say, like, oh, I'm not crazy. Like, this really is an issue. I really do need to advocate for this. Or, okay, this is how you do this. It really just helps us to feel a little bit more sane. Now, you mentioned contract work, and a lot of comms do contract work. It's pretty common uh, for them to sort of have their own very mini business, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um, So, But you've taken it clearly a lot further than that. And so what made you want to kind of create your own brand? That's You know, that's such a fun question. And when we think about a brand, if you guys see me on Instagram or social media, like you'll see my face. It's me talking to the camera. But there are so many times where I try to put other people in front of the camera. (laughs) And I'm like, no, 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 this is just a brand. It's not really like there are more people behind the scenes. Um, But mostly after the symposium the first time in 2018, I realized that I loved the conversations at the level of, you know, the science of O&M and the philosophies behind O&M and why do we do X, Y, and Z? And 
you know, the minuscule, tiny details that you can get into with other specialists that you don't really get into when you're teaching itself. And being able to create a container where the community can come together and learn from one another was really something that I wanted to do to support my teachers and to continue those conversations. So I thought that you started your symposium prior to COVID, which you did. You said you started Mm -hmm. it in 2018 um, as an online event, which is almost like a little bit like a premonition of sorts. Uh, You know, it's where we all ended up going, but you were ahead of the game. So tell us a little bit about the um, the event that you put on and and maybe like what the attendances have been like over the last few years. I have to give you the background story because I think you and everybody listening will thoroughly enjoy this. <laughs> um, in like 2000 and I guess it would be 2017 because 2018 was January. Um, I, I had like a little side business. I was teaching yoga to busy moms online. So I understood Zoom and was in, you know, business groups. And I love the idea of servitude through business. Um But like, that's all that it was. It was just like something fun to serve my community and help connect me to other moms when I was, I had two kids in 19 months. And that goes along Mm. with this. One of my friends at work was going to go to a conference overseas and I could not make it to the bathroom or the driveway by myself, (laughs) let alone another country. It was just out of the question. But I actually started to end up getting upset because I realized that it wasn't my life that was being hindered by the fact that I couldn't go overseas. It was my learner's lives. And she was going to come back with all of these new skills and having learned from people who were presenting at an international level from all around the world. And I couldn't do that. And therefore, I couldn't provide for my learners. And the only people that really suffered were my learners. And that didn't really feel fair to me. And so what what I really thought we were going to do, to be honest with you, is um, I, I graduated with a cohort that was very global. One of my cohort members went to Romania and served in the Peace Corps. One of my cohort members was in India. So I was like, look, I'm just going to call my friends and we're going to drink wine and watch O&M at intersections around the world because <laughs> that's all I want to do. That's not what happened. Um <laughs> We got some people involved who knew how to structure the whole thing and they did a great job and to structure the learning. And it really seemed like I had hit a nerve that other people also felt upset that they couldn't go to conferences outside of, you know, their local area. And some places even like, let's say California, it's such a long state that you really do have to travel even just to get to your conference And so, yeah, they hopped on board and we ended up having to cap registration at 300 people. And it's been growing ever since. Last year, we had 558 people registered technically. And that includes our our planning committee. And that includes the presenters because the planning committee and the presenters all get complimentary passes Mm -hmm. to the symposium. So we had over 500 registrants and 558 people joining us which is just like my heart is so big I love it that's amazing 
I mean, that I, in some um, venues, I think, or in some professions, like that doesn't sound like a lot, but in our field, like that's really, that's phenomenal. That's a great turnout. Yes. Yeah. Good, especially considering the fact that there are less than 3000 certified comms in the world. Yeah. So, but yeah. The fact that we've had people from Africa, we consistently have a large group from Europe and Australia, people from China and just all over and they will sometimes stay up late at night to watch we try to make it accessible to everybody and people can also watch the replays because I understand not everybody can be awake for 24 hours (laughs) but it's just it's just so lovely and the actual live turnout is typically about 30 percent of registrants so Mm -hmm. it gets a little rowdy in there and we love it (laughs) So how do you find, how do you get presenters? Do you just put out like a call for presentations, like typical conferences, or are there specific listservs you target? I think it's just like most conferences and that we put out a call for presenters. And if there are people that our community has said, hey, I really like that person, will you ask them again? Or um, I also watch the Facebook groups. You can get a lot of insight just from being in community with other people and the people that they talk about. Then we will reach out to some people and say, hey, are you interested? Our community is really interested in what you have to say. Or our planning committee member went to a presentation that you did. So I think in that aspect, it's very much the same. Where we differ a little bit is that our community also gets 50% vote in who presents. Mm. So when is, um, I think the next one has registration opened or are you just at save the date? Where are we at with our, the upcoming one? Well, registration is open and the dates for the actual symposium are January 25th through 27th of 2023. It's typically the last Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Eastern Standard Time. Okay. You can find registration at orientationandmobilitysymposium.com and it should be right there for you. Let's talk about you also have a, uh, which I notice is a very prolific podcast. You have a lot of episodes that has interviews and insight from yourself as well. Um, where can people find your podcast and um, what, what, how would you describe sort of your, the mission and intent? Is it similar to the other work you do or is it a little bit different? It's probably pretty similar I think that we all as teachers, especially if you're a teacher listening to a podcast, yeah, like a work podcast, you're a good teacher. <laughs> we can just like set that aside. You don't have to deal with your not good enough anymore. You're a great teacher. <laughs> That's right. But maybe there's just like, you know, a failure that I've had that I can share with you and how I overcame that or somebody else can give you insight. So we like to offer information or Uh, like tidbits of information or inspiration to help get you through your day as you're driving from school to school or student to student. And really the whole goal is like, just to remind you that all you have to do is take one step forward. You don't have to be perfect today. Just one step forward because that 1% difference over the course of the school year is 187% difference. Like it's big. (laughs) <laughs> and what is the 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 name of the podcast? It's not Allied Independence. It's something different, right? It's not. It's a step forward. <laughs> and you can find information at a stepforwardpodcast.com. It'll lead you to our main Allied Independence website. 
Yeah. It's so funny. Like that's why we started doing a podcast here too, is because when I was an itinerant, that's all I did was listen to podcasts and I would look for some that were specific to our work and there just weren't very many. There was a couple, but I mean, this was like, you know, five years ago, there's definitely more now, (laughs) but back then it was a little bit of a, an empty space. So I, I love that there's more options now. Okay, so I, you know, I mentioned that I'm an outsider to the O&M world. Um, and, but one thing I do know is that professionals in your field have really strong opinions and approaches to their practice, which isn't a bad thing. I think it's actually a great thing. Um, but as a leader in the field of O&M yourself, how do you navigate different views or approaches to providing O&M instruction to students? First, we have to dive into what O&M is and the purpose of it. It's to keep everybody safe. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, the people who get into O&M, I would suspect, have a value of safety mm-hmm. somewhere in their value system, you know, safety and independence. And we have very little science to back up what we're what we are saying, what we're doing. And there are so many different techniques with that. When people are trying to be safe, my opinion is that they are looking for a right and a wrong, a black or a white, like yes or no. This is how you do it. This is not how you do it. But there are so many tools that we can use in the tool belt because really at the end of the day, we just are trying to bring together an intersection of the science of how things can work in the strategy and this common sense of like, just don't die. <laughs> and when we get there, then people have all sorts of different opinions. And because it's rooted in safety, mm-hmm. you know, like Ma- Maslow's hierarchy right mm-hmm. there, it hits a nerve. Mm-hmm. And so I think I just take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, self, and I know what works for my learners. And I try not to allow myself to stay silent and not join the conversation just because I'm scared of the O&M police. Cause I'm scared of the O&M police. <laughs> I, I don't care who you are. Like yeah. it, it's real, it's there. And you just have to allow yourself to say, no, I'm going to do it my way and we'll see how it goes. I'll take my data and then we'll make adjustments from there and let everybody else kind of do the same. Man, you just made such a great point that I've never heard anyone say before about that it's rooted in safety, because I think that's one of those areas that always does feel black and white, and but it really only is to each individual person. But obviously, people are going to be really passionate about that. Yeah. 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 I mean, anytime you get into your nervous system. Right. It's going to cause a reaction. I think anybody that puts themselves out there publicly, you know, you're open to criticism and questions and all that stuff. And so I just think it's great that you're willing to do that. I once heard as I was writing the book, the yoga for students with visual multiple impairments that you guys can get at TSBBI's website. One interview that I heard from Alanis Morissette as I was writing that book, because it took me a long time to write it because I kept getting really scared was I don't have to be the expert. I just have to join the conversation. 
you you had mentioned that you also became a comms, um, you know, after being trained to be a, a teacher, and a lot of people do that. And so, do you have any advice to share with folks that are considering becoming an O and M specialist who are already out there being TVIs? I wish that I did. <laughs> I got my comms and my VI certification at the same time. But I think anybody, no matter what you're doing in the field, A, thank you for being here. Mm -hmm. B, we love you. support you. Like, come give us a hug. Yes. Um, But also, doing your research, you have so many options, whether it's which school you want to go to or just a certification program or even where you want to end up in the United States or the world you're walking into a field that really wants you, wants you to succeed and don't be afraid to take some time and look at the options that you have ahead of you. Um, Because if you move somewhere, like you might not be able to move out of it for whatever. Mm -hmm. It is such a supportive field. You know, we do want each other to succeed. I think we're always recruiting. We're always on the hustle for more people that are going to, be good educators for our students. So um, that's just, that's going to continue. I think I, I have tried to recruit siblings out of their living rooms when they were like five (laughs) years old. (laughs) Do you know what I do all day? They like, they like, we don't care, but yeah. But siblings are the best. (laughs) Yeah, they can be right. Or parents or family members, relatives. Oh, well, great. Well, is there anything else you want to add or do you want to add some information about your social media accounts or anything like that, Cassie? So anything that I'd like to add is really just to stay grounded and remember that there are miracles all around you and you just have to make space for them and go after what you would like for yourself and for your learners. And of course, come hang out with me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Mostly I'm on Instagram and you can find me at either one of those places at Allied Independence. And I hope that I get to connect with you. It's just so amazing to be in this community. Thank you so much, Emily, for asking me to be on your podcast. What an honor. I feel like I've made it. (laughs) Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. Sometimes we get stuck in the tradition of our work and our usual go-tos for information. This isn't necessarily bad, but it's good for all of us to branch out. I really loved hearing about the way Cassie has reimagined professional development, collaboration, and the community of practice for O&M providers. Her work is exciting, and I think it will continue to inspire practitioners for years to come. From the TSBVI Outreach Department and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.